0: This is Changeling, the podcast.
1: Welcome to Changeling, the podcast. Come for the glamour, stay for the vibes. I'm your host, Josh, and with us is your other host, Puka. Say hi, Puka. Allegedly. Allegedly, Puka. So, what are we talking about today, Puka?
0: Well, we have a very special episode this evening. We are going to be speaking with some members of the cast of Toronto by Day, an actual play of Changeling the Dreaming, which I think has been running for two seasons now. Please correct me if I'm wrong, cast. No, nope, you are correct. We
2: are closing on
0: the end of our second season. Yay. Which, for an actual play, I think is pretty impressive. I mean, I'm not an expert in the whole world of Twitch streaming and actual plays, but it seems like most of them, you know, they go for a few episodes and then people move on to other things. So this this seems to be a grand narrative kind of thing.
2: Uh, somewhat. Um, I'm, I'm kind of new to it myself, but I've done a lot of digging and research because I'm that kind of... Uh, stats-driven person. Uh, there's a lot of one-offs, a lot of short arcs, three to four episodes. Uh, a lot of them are planned that way so that they, they take your attention. They give you, you know, it's like a TV show. Um, they, they give you a maxi series or, you know, a British series, which are only ever six to eight episodes long. And, uh, and there you go, and there might be another season. There are a number of uh, games that uh, run long, long play, um, I've seen D&D games that are advertising episode 58 or 43. And I know a number of uh, World of Darkness uh, vampire games that have been going on for a couple of seasons.
0: Hopefully not 58 and then 43, because if you're watching in that or you know. Anyway, um, so
2: cool. well, maybe
0: just to start, if each of you could tell us who you are and who you
3: are
2: in the game. And, uh... Yeah, who wants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the good to who wants to start? With?
3: Um, I'll start. Sure um, my name's Ev. I play Vladimir, the Mothwee's extremely cowardly knocker.
4: And uh, well, I'm Crystal, and uh, I play uh, Lily Winter, your friendly neighborhood Corrid. It's generally a bit frazzled about things. <laughs> uh.
2: And my name's Cliff. I'm the, uh, the storyteller, which means I toss out the plot lines and uh, set up the, the environment and uh, let the Motley do as they will and go where they wish and um, see what happens.
4: Does it does it involve snacks?
2: And have the world react accordingly. And yeah, <laughs> often it does involve snacks. I have been told by players in the past that I put a certain emphasis on foods and describing foods. You've made me cry at three
4: in the morning. Dev will like complain in, in our comments section while we're gaming of like, darn it, Cliff, I can't do you know what time it is? I can't go out and get what you're talking about. Well,
2: I know. <laughs> So so yes, this might indeed have been one of those online favorite recipes where you have to get the story first.
0: That reminds me of kind of the masochism of watching like baking shows when they're making these incredible pastries that you get to see before you in slow motion, but you can't just reach through the screen and grab them.
2: So. Oh yeah. And and they have a wonderful set up kitchen and you kind of look at your own kitchen right. and go, wait, how? Hmm. I can't. Mm
4: those
0: yeah yeah well so how did you how did you each get involved i guess in changeling in general but then in this game in particular if you can speak to that
4: i'm half wondering if we should like just pick an order and keep doing that
0: (laughs) (laughs) we can we can stick with the order we just went with if that if that works for
3: everybody uh shit uh okay um (laughs) (laughs) uh changeling's been so i've been involved in world of darkness for about for a couple years with vampire of the masquerade but before this specific game i was in a dungeons and dragons game on vancouver by night run by a different member of the storytelling team uh and when that game uh came to an end i was kind of approached and told hey a spot might be opening up on Changeling. Do you want to sit at that table? And it was just a immediate, yes, I've been hearing about this for a couple years now. Never had a chance to experience it before. I'm in. I want to see what this is about.
4: Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to remember because like, when I was in college, there was a, just a big group of my friends who were really into D&D. And we kind of dipped a bit into some of the World of Darkness campaigns, but like we didn't do a lot of it and like you were talking about with like games that don't tend to run too long for just totally random reasons mm. with having that problem of like, Hey, let's play this game and like you build <laughs> characters and it's great. And then like, I don't know, life happened and it <laughs> yeah. would just kind of fall apart. And yeah, kind of went a long, long while of just no opportunities to game. And then because Cliff is my partner here, my my husband. So when he got dragged into some vampire games with uh, Vancouver by Night and was having a lot of fun and they were like, hey, Cliff, you should run a game. You should run a game. He's like, nah, nah, nah. And then finally he's like, all right, what if I run Changeling? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's do that. I'm like, wait a minute. Changeling, I want to play super bad i i i collect like in my personal time i collect a, a lot of just folk and fairy tales from all across you know cultures and mm-hmm. the globe and whatever and this just totally fit into where i'm at so <laughs> nice that's, uh, that's kind of how i got there
2: Yeah, and i'm i'm <clears throat> kind of the old guy of the bunch i started with uh, vampire the masquerade uh, LARPing back in the mid-90s mid and had been playing D&D and other tabletop games and stuff and, and kind of fell into the whole LARPing thing and went, wait, you mean we get to dress up and do it in real life? This is kind of cool. And when they brought out the Changeling book in the summer of 95, I jumped all over it because, uh, well, Gaelic mythology, uh, you know, much like my wife, it's definitely an interest of mine. So, you know, grab the copy and I wasn't doing tabletop at the time, but over the course of the year, bef- well before they came out with the Mind's Eye Theater rules for Changeling, we kind of made up our own rules uh, from the tabletop game and tried them out in a couple of uh, LARP sessions to see how they worked. And they were kind of fun. Um, did years of, uh, of uh, LARPing and gaming uh, where I met the, uh, our host, uh, Vancouver by Night, the guy who runs it. Um, I've known him for decades and kind of dropped out of the whole gaming thing, probably in the early 2000s as just I've been doing this consistently and solidly for the last, you know, seven years, eight years. I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Steve was known for uh, contacting me out of the blue about twice a year and saying, you need to run a game someplace. And I would respond with, let me have a glass of wine while I consider how best to." <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, during the the whole um, lockdown and, you know, people not getting together, uh, we got talking and he uh, mentioned the whole Twitch thing, which was a brand new thing for me and uh, asked me if I was interested in playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade. And for the first time in a while, I kind of felt, yeah, why not? And it's kind of doing it on Twitch is a little bit tabletop and a little bit LARPing, which is what I really like about it. Because you've got the the you can see the character you can dress up if you want you can see the facial expressions you can see the body language you know everything is there and uh, while we were doing this the the channel has been building and looking for content so we had a few discussions about games there are a ton of games that I remember from the 80s and, and adore but uh, Steve had a very good point of uh, keeping the channel to D and D and World of Darkness um, because those are what uh, attract the viewers for the most part and we can experiment with other games later so I tossed out an idea of okay how about you know I'm not big on everybody's doing vampire I really want to do something different how about we I do changeling because Wraith and Mage are wow hugely intensive on work and I never really dug deep into them and uh, the werewolf thing is getting their V5 treatment now so I didn't want to touch that uh, Changeling looks like it'll be quite a while before it gets a V5 treatment, so um, I thought I would toss that out to see who was interested, and surprisingly, I, I got a lot of interest. So we ran the first season with a, a, one group of players, a Motley. About a third of the way into the second season, real life happened, and uh, several of the players had to leave all for great reasons. A couple of them are going onward to do other things on their own Twitch channels, storytelling games themselves, uh, getting involved with gaming companies. A couple of them just focused on uh, work and school, and that was eating up their time. So rather than wrapping up the game, we just thought, you know, uh, life is a, a fluctuating thing. People come and go from different groups and friendship circles and everything. Let's just come up with a reason in the game why the Motley kind of mostly changes over. So put out an advertisement um, for players at the table and over the course of three, was it three episodes? I think that we kind Something of switched like over the players. Yeah.
4: Yeah. One
2: here, two there, bringing in a couple of new players. So at one point we were down to four at the table and then we were up to six at the table and then and it settled back in at the five again. And now here we are. And I adore the table. Um, and again, I'm, I'm open to it changing if life does that down the road. Uh, but so far, I feel very, very lucky with all of the people that I've had uh, playing the Changeling game. They have all been fantastic to storytell for.
0: Right on. I think it's helpful to have that kind of flexibility as well, like just to be, just to be willing to kind of write that into the narrative is, for any game, not just on Twitch. But, but the LARPing thing is more Josh's Bailiwick, so...
1: <laughs> yes, that's actually how I got into Changeling in the first place, was LARPing. Oh, so nice. That, yeah. Actually, that. so I have some questions. So what's the
2: general storyline or premise of your Chronicle? Um, you can do a lot with Changeling, and it's one of the things that I think has made it the hardest of the World of Darkness uh, games to to grasp onto. And I've even seen reviews that have said you know, what wolf dropped the ball, they put together a rule set and didn't put together a world to go along with it. And I really disagree. Uh, it all depends on what the storytelling the players want to do. I mean, I started out because I've got players who weren't really sure about what's going on. I've introduced some of the rule sets slowly. Uh, it was towards the end of the first season that they finally found out about nightmare points. It, that was something they didn't start with. Banality is also something we haven't really stepped into yet that I'm looking at cranking up. The first three or four episodes were basically a d and game, uh, a quest to give them that kind of, you know, fantastical, romantic sort of thing. It's moved more into Slice of Life. Uh, yes, it has gone through a little bit of horror. Um, <laughs> it's definitely gone through a Scooby, Scooby gang kind of uh, period. And we might be shaping up a new Scooby gang. We'll see. They, they seem to have a different approach to things than the, the first Motley did. So the game is kind of bounced around everywhere. They're, they are focused on Toronto, and they're kind of the go-to group for the Changeling court and the greater Changeling community to say, there's a problem over here. Oh, look, you found it. Good, now fix it. Okay. So I have to ask because I actually
1: started, LARP, started Changeling with LARPing while living in Toronto. So what
2: about we, why Toronto? We probably know people. Um, in common. There. Yes, um, I, I imagine so. Yeah, I have, I have lived in Toronto on and off. Um, I'm, I'm a, a Highway 416 person. I, I lived in Ottawa or Toronto. I bounce back and forth. Yeah, I, I moved from Toronto to Ottawa about 22 years ago. Oh, uh, so. okay. <laughs> I, I do the shift. We about every, a lot of people in common, no doubt. Yeah, probably. I do the shift about every decade. I, I do about yeah. two years in one spot, and then I move back to the other side of the province. I think I'm settling in in, in Ottawa this time. Um, Toronto for a couple of reasons. One, I know Toronto really well. It's a huge cosmopolitan city. There's a lot more opportunity to play with things there than there would be in another Ontario city like Ottawa, which has a very small downtown core. Yeah, you can't really... I wanted to bring a very vibrant world into it that had all of the other... Uh, supernatural races and changeling goes into the the hussein and the Nunehe and all of that and you can do that in toronto ottawa would put them a little kind of tight in each other's faces and uh one of the players uh from the first monthly was from toronto so mm-hmm. she was a bit of the influence on you know if we did toronto i could relive could could we have you know, this bakery and that dance club and all of this stuff back again. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll put
1: it yeah. back there for you. And, oh, did it, you, did you make Savage Garden still around in a, like freehold? Is that, is that no, a freehold or
2: something? No, no, no. I, I, I have a lot of Savage Garden, uh, to go its way, but everything's happening out at the dance cave. Uh, okay. So, so, so we still have, you know, and there are a lot of, uh, current Toronto characters, who are showing up. Uh, the, the Toronto by day is in the Vancouver by night world. So we do mm-hmm. share some continuity back and forth. And both Steve and I have fun bringing up people who we know would have no issue appearing in our games as characters. Uh, you know, one fantastic example is is my brother from another mother, uh, DJ Asazi, Asazi McGregor, uh, has appeared as a character in both. And is actually a supernatural character in both. So uh that kind of gives uh Toronto people a little more of a connection and feel to what's going on. And like I said, Toronto's just just bloody huge and got so much there to play with. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
4: Well also with sticking like real people in as NPCs, you don't have to like invent what the NPC is like. It's just, oh, I will make it like this person. They you know, they would behave like that. It's a lot easier.
2: Yeah. A lot of a lot of my notes are this NPC sounds and looks like this person that I know. so it a, a, a quick shorthand.
1: We'll have to we'll have to touch base after this recording and see if we've made any of the same real world NPCs in our games too.
3: <laughs> We can we share a few too you
1: I think of, I can think of one Toronto DJ that literally lived in Ottawa that I've had in my game that would
2: <laughs> oh, yeah I bet you I knew who you mean too. Yep. long red hair. Yep. St- shirtless around midnight?
1: Yep. <laughs> I made him an alienhood count.
2: He has, he has appeared in Vancouver as a regular DJ in the Vancouver by Night games. Yes, I'm sure he would get a kick out of that. <laughs> uh,
4: but you you also picked, because there was a while where we were on a kick of uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello movies, and so they got NPC'd
2: yeah see that's and that's that's one of the fun things about changeling is you're only restricted really by your imagination it's almost as good as mage without the uh what is it that keeps mages in check paradox paradox, so, paradox. yeah it's almost as good as mage without the paradox in certain ways in certain setups um, there are characters I have stolen completely from fiction that i have I have stolen happily from Terry Pratchett there are some characters from the Discworld series in the game. Bud Abbott and Luke Costello are in the game. And again, they are the players haven't figured out what they are yet as to why they are this way. But you know, with uh, the Dreaming and Chimera and stuff like that, you've got so many things you can do with the game.
0: Absolutely. And to your point earlier about the complaint that Changeling is a rule set without a world, to that on the one hand, I think that this podcast is sort of an extended disagreement with that idea. And that <laughs> often I kind of think when people say that, ironically, it's just kind of a failure of imagination on their part, you know, because it's such an open world that's so rich with so many options that you can draw in like mm-hmm. those and many, many others. Yeah. So yeah, it's fertile ground yeah. for ideas.
1: And yeah. we've certainly going through a lot of books that detail the world. It's yeah. not like it's yeah. It's all sandbox and just make your own. It's, it's very open. Like there's a very, a lot of things that come yes. into.
0: So your characters are fixers in this, or you have the role of fixers in this Motley. Mm-hmm. What kind of fixing do your individual characters do? Like what would you say your role is within the group?
4: Well, um, I mean, for, for my character with the first group, Definitely she was more of a, like, Lily was more of a, a background kind of person. I mean, she would do, you know, kind of research sort of things or coming up, you know, helping come up with ideas, but with the whole group changing over and my character being the only one that's still there from the original group, it's like, well, now you're the oldest. You're kind of, we're looking to you because like, Zev's character, I don't think, had been in a motley before. I'm not sure how long his character has actually been, like, aware of what he is, but he seems to have a pretty good concept of of how, of his abilities and what he's capable of. Well,
3: um, I definitely think Volodymyr has been around long enough that he he mostly knows how this all works.
4: Yeah, like I I have. And to- he's
2: not going to admit that he doesn't. <laughs> well, that too.
4: That too, but like, I don't, because one of our players, her character literally just went through Chrysalis. So she is so brand sparkly new. It's not funny. And two of the other characters, they basically were alone until coming to Toronto and being part of the Motley. So they haven't had anyone to give them instruction on you know hey you're an issue or hey you're a um I'm not, I'm a, troll. not a troll and oh. you know here's what we're about here's what we're capable of so there's a lot of looking towards my character of hey lily what do we do with this and it's like <laughs> oh, no why do you ask me
0: <laughs> it's good to have that role though because <laughs> you know, there's that difficulty between being a player and being a character, and the right. character can't say, Well, I remember in the book it says this, you know? Right. So to have someone who's kind of the knowledgeable one is helpful.
4: Right. But I mean, like, so far with a, a number of the, the like, I, I've already forgotten how many games we played of the second season, but Eleven. a lot of them, for my character, like, okay, well, because she works at, her day job is working as a librarian. Mm. and also she has like a couple of contacts where she sh- she can get access to books that wouldn't necessarily be in like a mortal type library but so it's like okay well i'm gonna do research on troll type people and issue type people and crap i need slew us stuff and <laughs> um yeah. Uh, basically putting it as that whatever Lily might know off the top of her head, isn't necessarily going to be enough to teach someone about themselves. Mm -hmm. So like there's so far been a lot of that and also kind of like, okay, well we, we went to court once and, you know, Lily has to be out front and, and try and talk to, I think at the time it was a Duke and a count, and go, hey! So, here's what we've been up to. Here's why we've been missing. Here's why we had a complete or, or near complete switch over of people. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, here's this project you gave us to do that we haven't completed. And there's these other things going on. And you know, just kind of a, a an info dump plus. Please don't squish me.
0: No <laughs> squishing. No squishing.
4: No squish. <laughs> no squish please no squish i am small <laughs>
0: oh yeah as as the chordets tend to be
4: yeah my sense of like what chord are supposed to look like is they're they're kind of furry all over and tiny and tiny but uh we can we kind of changed, tweaked that a bit and that yeah she is small but because me and, me the player in real life I've got big massive curly hair. So we just played that up and it's like, okay, in Fay form, it's like, you know, two thirds her body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the of... tracks. Yeah. There... The she gets.
2: Yeah. There there are a few changes I've made and allowed the players to make to the game, but I can talk about that after Zev uh, answers the question. Yeah, but I'm so... interested to hear where he's going.
4: Yeah. I I mean we largely have been playing rule is cool with a lot of stuff.
3: Yes, I mean I'm I'm playing a knocker. My my role in this team of fixers is is very, it's it's actually very traditional. I think for knockers, I I'm building stuff, I'm inventing things, I'm trying to figure out how and if I can shove enchantments into various items to help. The rest of them motley and there's kind of a detail that i didn't have when i started the character which was how cowardly he is which has flavored Mm -hmm. a lot of what he tries to invent because a lot of it has turned into what can i invent to buy time for optimally myself but hopefully everyone else to run away from something hmm Standing to fight doesn't really occur to him, so a lot he's building a lot of very distracting, explosive type things.
0: I wondered when demolitions were going to come into it because it seems like they <laughs> always do at some point with knockers.
2: Yes,
3: <laughs> a, it's bit. Just a bit.
0: <laughs> it's interesting though, like the cowardly bit is a nice angle because that's something that is less common to see. like,
3: it was completely unplanned. It's just had this realization that wait a second, hang on. How do knockers survive? Checks the book, Well, they've got their inventions, and oh hey, look, grovelling,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good counterpoint to just not knowing when to bite your tongue is the other knocker
3: aspect, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, uh, there's been what two, two, or three times where. Volodymyr has mouthed off to Hunter, our our troll, and ended up going, Oh God, oh God, please don't squish me! (laughs) At least two or three times.
4: Yeah, or like, because like, when we had the the episode in court, our storyteller was like, yeah, there's a group of knockers off to one side messing with some mechanism. And like, conveniently, your character was like, hey, I want to go run over there. But it was also like, oh good, I don't have to play like extra, I don't know, offensive or defensive when I'm in front of the Duke.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the nice thing about being a knocker is that, yes, I, I get to play a character that is wildly socially inept. Just wildly inappropriate. I've probably been the meanest out of the motley to the most new and unprepared member of said motley but throw something shiny and vaguely mechanical and all that goes away because you don't have to deal with him for a while
4: I I don't mean to see because I I feel bad because I'm like I I don't want to be me like I'm saying that about you like that's not about you that's like just my character and your character like I don't know if I needed to say that
3: yeah. I mean I, I know Volodymyr's
4: is a dick. Feel bad. <laughs> I,
3: I know Volodymyr's is a dick. I'm playing him <laughs> as a dick. He is not a nice person.
4: <laughs> okay. No, I just
2: Yep. Fortunately there are um, systems within the Motley that keep everything level and good. And, you know, it helps that the players recognize that it is a game and they are playing characters and no one takes anything personally between the characters. So we do we do vibe checks fairly regularly. It's something I really believe in, making sure that everyone at the table is having fun. Uh, you know, we are doing this for Twitch for people to watch, but the players having fun is the first and foremost, really. So if they're not having fun, then we got to change something or stop something. So, yeah, I, I check regularly to make sure that everyone's... Uh, uh, doing well and enjoying themselves, and we've got a, a discord as well for the motley, where they can chat and share memes and hang out. And uh, you know, I make I, I keep an eye on that to make sure that it's it remains light and easy, and everyone gets along well. And we have systems in place if people start to have issues, um, they can approach me, they can approach uh, the Vancouver by Night people, so that you know we can we can make sure we take care of our folk. So that, that actually brings into um...
1: What are some things that you do found you have to do differently in an AP that you wouldn't have had to do or keep in mind for a tabletop or LARP or even online playing that's not recorded? Like, is there something specific? Are there any things to keep in mind for these actual plays that are also with an audience? Would you say this is both for Cliff and for the players?
2: Yeah, for, from the storyteller side, yeah. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm really old school, so when I started back in and was told, okay, here's a consent form. You have to let us know, you know, your reds and yellows. And I went, what? Yeah, if you have any triggering issues. And I went, dude, I blarked in the 90s. Throw shit at me and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I very much understand and I really support the use of the consent forms, the red and yellow uh, cards. The, the vibe checks, the player stopping and checking, because, you know, back in the mid-90s, mental health was on the radar, but it wasn't really talked about very much. Oh, yeah. Th- that's know. definitely also now in LARP, believe me, today,
1: yeah. or yeah. should be. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we take care. We start every game with a disclaimer to let people know that it is a mature game. Um, there may be situations, and, you know, if it is at all triggering, step back. Uh, you can watch it later when you're prepared on YouTube, or you can skip to the next game or whatever. We don't want people to force themselves through something, uh, an experience they don't enjoy, just because they want to catch up with things. And it goes the same for the players. I adore my players like extended family. I don't want, I, I have to very carefully tread the horror lines because I don't want it to get to the point where the players actually have a problem with it. But at the same time, the world of, you know, the, the changelings can be a pretty horrific place to to live and exist. So uh, I, I make sure that uh, at the start of every game, I'm posting the red and yellow flags in the in-game chat so that we can keep them in mind. I go f- through them as well myself just to make sure that, right, okay, I know what people are not going to enjoy and we will work at not having this in here. I, you know, for example, with the first Motley, there was a situation with the felonoids, which are kind of uh, cross a cat and a centipede, and you've got an idea. Uh, I know with the current, oh, yeah. with the current Motley, yeah. because of uh, the changeover in people and the changeover in red and yellows, I can't do that now. It would not be appreciated by at least one, probably a couple of the, the players. So it's okay. We've got to cope with that and move on to different things.
4: I mean, I didn't like them, but you, you've also managed to describe things, but also, like, not over-describe. So it's not, it's like, okay, you get kind of the squick factor, but you're able to move off of it quickly enough that it's not, like, hanging out, taking up brain space.
2: Thank you. I try.
0: <laughs> and especially on Twitch, I mean, I've seen people... Make a point of putting in the chat. Oh, I'm tapping out because this is coming up and I can't. I can't be around that. I don't want to watch that. So yeah. having that audience kind of reacting in real time and having to divide at least some of your attention to that. Oh aspect yeah. Aspect to actual plays that you wouldn't get if it were a private table.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, one of our kind of uh, uh, sister channels. Well, that we do a lot with Martlet Games has run 10 Candles games, which can be pretty horrific. And I, I just, as much as I love them, I'd like to support them. I can't watch them. They're just not my gig. So, you know, I, I smile and I'll either turn my computer on and then mute the channel and turn off the screen uh, so that I'm kind of there in spirit. Or I'll just, you know, unfortunately, just not show up. And I can completely understand that. There are there are people for whom there are a lot of different things that are traumatic. I would not have anyone push themselves through this, and I won't, won't inflict that on my players. So, yeah, compared to 25 years ago, the world of uh, gaming has changed a lot. And with Twitch, you have to consider your audience as well as... If I was just doing this in, in my living room with, you know, five great players... I check with them to see what, you know, they were finding kind of strange or squicky or whatever, but I wouldn't be worried about Joe public sliding into the channel going, this is great. And wait, you're doing what? From the
0: player's side. I know that when I've been in streaming games before I find myself becoming kind of hyper-conscious of what I'm doing with my body, kind of like what Cliff was mm-hmm. saying earlier about body language. So in your experience, Either that or any other sort of aspect, do you find actual plays kind of change the way you're actually role playing?
4: Well, I mean, I, I find being able to see my fellow players very helpful because it, it means that you end up end up kind of feeding off of each other a bit like um well, like improv theater kind of thing, and that's I don't know I somewhat think that makes kind of a better story, or even just like watching the other players. Reacting to what else is happening in game, <laughs> Zev is great for this actually.
2: <laughs> yes, watching Zev's uh, facial expressions is just wonderful. I, mean, I,
0: I, I. So, mm, I mean, this podcast is being recorded audio only, but I am envisioning
3: your face right now. Yeah. you're envisioning, is probably not far off. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not unfamiliar with being on camera and like. Like Crystal said I really like being able to see the people I'm interacting with. Being I think it helps with the role play. But it occurred to me mm. last week or the week before when I was watching and you know what it was when we were to ha- it was at, towards the end of the conversation with Auntie. I was re watching the episode as it aired and I saw my freak out and I saw how just the the way I was reacting and my brain went I'm acting like Travis Willingham. Who is that? Uh, he's one of the players from Critical Role. Oh, okay. Uh, and he is a massive baby. Oh. <laughs> so Matt, Matt will start describing some a ghost, anything ghost or zombie-like, and Travis loses his shit, <laughs> which is hilarious because he's, like, a six-foot-plus, 200-plus-pound jock lo- losing his shit.
4: Well, that's that's perfectly fine and
3: no i love it it makes me laugh every time but i'm realizing that i'm that person in our group
2: uh <laughs> dude this past game when anthony showed up at uh <laughs> fell out of my
4: chair.
2: <laughs> your face was amazing
3: <laughs> i almost fell out of my chair that
2: was shit that was worth every moment
3: <laughs> like i will be in my little box silently screaming and flapping my arms and like hiding my face or jumping in circles like just yeah no uh well, it's good
0: to have that sort of self-awareness
4: yeah but uh, i mean from my perspective i i think it's wonderful to be able to just like see that sort of honest reaction to things mm-hmm. like i mean I don't, I don't know how how you you know necessarily feel about it but like i mean um, I, I
3: i i love doing it i'm like internally as i'm freaking out i'm laughing because i'm my brain is going oh this is great but i also feel like if i if i wasn't on camera yeah, i don't feel like i'd feel comfortable reacting that way because if i don't if other if the people i'm playing with can't see me because i'm not thinking about the audience i'm never thinking about the audience to be mm. honest i'm thinking about you guys if I don't have my my friends, my table seeing me freak out, I'm just gonna feel silly. I'm gonna feel kinda stupid.
4: Yeah, like the sort of So
3: it's it's permissive. It's it yeah. the the live play, the the stream, the camera format really is kind of very it feels very permissive. It's like it's okay, you can we wanna see that. We wanna see you actually having feelings.
4: Mm. Yeah, well I mean it's it's uh it's it's kind of also a way to like I feel like sometimes our reactions on the camera end up helping to draw in the people that are watching because then, you know, they can kind of identify with that or go, yeah, that's exactly what I was you know, feeling or thinking. And, and it like kind of makes it a bit more interactive, even though like, cause we, we, we prerecord. So like we can hang out in the chat and respond, but it's not in the moment, you know?
0: I don't think I knew that you pre-recorded, actually. So. Oh,
4: yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yep. yeah we, we um, <laughs> Vancouver by Night tends to pre-record its World yeah. of Darkness stuff and do the D&D as live play. And while I like the idea of doing live play, um, because then you can have players interact and impact the story. Two things. One, it feels a little bit like shilling, because it's like, you know what, if you spend a dollar to buy... 20 or 100 bits for us then you can nudge the dice one way or the other. And the second thing is I, I got my hands full dealing with this motley. I don't want to have to be looking at the chat as well and responding to people in the chat. I have done a live play and it is a good bit of juggling. Yeah,
4: I think that would be a lot more more to pay attention to which I mean while, while I think there are good things about playing while on camera, for me dealing with, again, with my neurological stuff, it can be kind of challenging just because of how much there is to pay attention to. My brain kind of craps out at random awkward moments and then I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> what happened? What, not, what do I need to roll to, to try and beat this? Like I'm constantly asking questions like that and then feeling awkward. And I don't, I don't know if it's like, if there's, if that's just me, you know, feeling like that, it might be.
0: I don't think so. I think that that's, that's the primary reason why having moderators, for example, on Twitch is such a boon because there's only so many directions you can divide your attention in the middle of that kind of setting.
4: Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not,
0: pre-recording is great. I'm not judging or anything i just
4: yeah, wasn't aware. I mean, a lot of that's just because of you know getting everybody together at one you know set yeah, time yeah, yeah. Okay, so. yeah
2: and it's i'm kind of i'm finding out i'm uh, different to a lot of other storytellers and dungeon masters in that if one of my players has life happen we'll postpone the game by a week I know a lot of games that will be, okay, if one person can't make it, we'll continue on. They're just, we'll give them a reason for their character to not be there today. But I like the Motley working, and the Motley seems to work really well together. I don't like separating them out. And periodically, life happens. We've had exams. We've had illness. We've had car accidents. And it's, you know what? We'll, we'll skip the night. Everyone take a break. You know, grab a breath, and we'll come back next week. I know that might kind of cause issues with followers because it's not a regular every week thing, but uh, I, my first focus is the health, uh, both mental and physical, of my players. So if a break is needed because somebody's got a rough exam that they just did or one coming up the next day, then we'll take the break.
4: I, I did slightly want to skip back to the... Um... We were talking about the the consent stuff of just that because definitely back when I was when when I was in college or whatever we didn't have any forms or even necessarily a discussion about what was okay or not and it definitely caused you know problems of you know somebody got really into telling you know some kind of dark and twisted sort of story and like some people being like oh my god I am literally going to have nightmares now. Thanks. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'm going to play anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: So, um, from my perspective, I just find it very helpful and just makes the whole environment a lot more relaxed. So, you don't have the stress of, you know, oh no, what's, what, what am I going to be quasi forced to deal with? Yeah. Just because the storyteller wants to go a certain direction.
1: Well, yeah, I, can, I can definitely think of a few moments back before I was exposed to those type of tools where I really wish I had it with running games too. Like there's just a few things where you're like, yeah. oh, that did not yeah. go well.
4: Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, I didn't know that was, oh no.
0: <laughs> Something that I often tell players when I'm running a game, there's there's two things. One is that you can almost never anticipate how invested you're going to get in a character, whether more or less than you expect. And that also you can never plan for everything that might set you off. And there was a game I ran, I guess, last year where one of my players who was a veteran player had been playing the game for probably 20 years, mm. you know, just responded to something that I had put in the plot in a much more severe and adverse way than either of us had expected and almost dropped out of the game over it. So he oh, had wow. to like talk through and everything and and they understood that it wasn't intentional on on my part and i i couldn't have known that it would be something that would set them off so you always have to be able to kind of pivot in those moments i think Mm -hmm. so yeah and it can be tough to do that if it's a live stream
4: (laughs) yeah
2: yes it can be
4: yeah
0: Related to that, I'll segue into a question with that, which is just generally, what advice would you give someone who's looking to either start or get involved in an actual play?
2: I don't let the players go first because I want to hear what they say.
3: <laughs> oh God, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, I, on the one hand, I feel like there's so much more that a storyteller has to has to juggle, but it's also really hard to nail down as a player, at least for me, like. What I would tell other other aspiring players, "Hey, you need to be aware of this. You need to think about these things.
0: If it helps, is there anything specific to changeling
3: that you might advise as a as someone as a player who's new to changeling, reconcile yourself with the fact that there is a lot you're not you're not going to memorize everything, <laughs> and that is okay. Be be prepared to have to double check things that you might think are really simple, because difficulty is not a constant. That that's a variable factor.
4: I yeah, know I'm thinking. <laughs> um,
3: there are no wrong answers.
4: See, because like I didn't get like I said at the beginning, I didn't get into it because I was particularly, you know, any good at the rule set or anything. It was literally just because of kind of the love of story. So, I mean, I'd almost suggest I mean, yeah, certainly you can dive in as as deep as you like into, you know, the various game books or whatever, but I'd almost say just as know getting getting straight into the mindset is to kind of try and immerse yourself in some of the media so there's you know even if it's just like you know you pick up a stack of of movies that are kind of i mean you know you want to watch like labyrinth or mirror mask or you know just various other titles like that to get into the concept of what it might look like
3: actually on on, on that note that's actually a good point I Before I got into this game, uh, I was raised on fairy tales, on folk stories, specifically from Eastern Europe, which is why I made a Russian knocker. But when I found out about Changeling and this game in particular, I went looking for other Changeling games. And I ended up watching uh, Dreaming Across New York Mm -hmm. by B. Dave Walters, yeah, which was so much fun. And has has actually become something something of a bit of a of a ongoing cast joke in in the Changeling game because ours is, as we joke, significantly less thirsty. We <laughs> we we're,
4: were zero thirst. Yeah, we're good.
3: Zero thirst, high anxiety.
2: All right, <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, no advice. Advice to, to people wanting, you know, and I get this from people because I've actually been approached by people with, I couldn't do what you do being on camera. And it's, yeah, that's cool. I probably things you do that I can't do either. You know, the, the two big things are communication. The table has got to talk um, and not just the storyteller and the players, but the players and the players, because if there's no communication outside of the game, you could end up going weird directions and everybody you no. Know, you got to have a story, and the story's got to pull together at least a little bit. I mean, you know, the, the Toronto by Day has got about four active plot points going on right now with side quests included, but there's still a direction. And the other thing is to have fun with it. Uh, you know, uh, you can be as serious or as unserious as you like with it, but that's up to you. Have fun with it on your level. Um, whether your fun is the the stats and the processes, or your fun is the the backgrounds and the lore, that's, you know, what we're doing stuff for. And I, I see some people going into uh, Twitch to try to be the next uh, critical role or try to be, you know, the next big well-known player or try, and it's like, don't do that. Go in to have fun. You know, if, if you get, if you enrich yourself yourself financially out of it cool excellent i applaud all the more power to you that's not what i'm doing uh, this for i'm doing this to enrich people's lives with stories and my own too because i have a heck of a time with these guys they're 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 great to role play with
0: and especially because i can't imagine there are many things more banal than saying oh this this game is a failure because it's not the next critical role it's like no, that's put that thought out of your head you know yeah it's-
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's never judge yourself with something my grandfather used to say is never judge yourself compared to other people. Either they'll do better than you, and then you'll be jealous and disappointed in yourself, or they'll be worse than you and you'll become arrogant and full of yourself. Always compare yourself to you. And if you do a little better every day, yeah, you're going in the right direction. So yeah, comparing yourself to, you know, even, you know, don't compare yourself to me. It used to drive me crazy when I was told that, yeah, this person wants to be you. And it's like, why? Dad, yeah, do they know what kind of hangups I have? Holy cow! Do they know what they're in for? Because I'll tell you, it's going to be expensive. I mean, I collect some very expensive toys, so but it's you know what, go go in to have fun first, fun first, profit later.
4: Yeah, kind of like if if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong.
2: Yeah. So, um,
1: where do you all see as sort of the next step for this
2: for uh, this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, both players and the storyteller. <laughs> oh, again, I'm going to let the story players go first. I'm going to get my notepad so I can write down. I like- know
4: <laughs> anything that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's just cheating 101, yeah. That's That's one of the big advantages and disadvantages to being married to one of the players, is that I can bounce things off of her to see how they might fly, because she has a player's perspective on the game. The disadvantage is, there are times she has to go into the game forgetting what I said Mm. two days ago what I was planning.
0: Well, this Um, is an opportunity for the players to say, well, we'd like to see the game go in a direction where we all get level 5 treasures and...
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are treasures in this game.
2: Yeah, yes, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't mentioned that yet. Hmm, funny. Yeah,
4: dang was... it, I need shiny stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from speaking as Vladimir, where I would like for it to be going is place I get to make cool things. Uh, he he has some ideas, but I've I've already. Established with Cliff that those are things that are gonna happen probably between this season and next season because mm. they're they're not gonna be quick. Knocker knocker stuff does not happen quickly. Mm. Well, until it breaks, that happens quickly. <laughs> it doesn't it does it does not break. My inventions do not break. They function one hundred percent perfectly. I'm sorry, they develop in unexpected directions. They, they,
1: fo- they follow 100% the specifications. It's the specifications that have a few books in them. And...
2: You, can, you can have good, cheap, or fast. You are only allowed to pick two out of the three unless it's a knocker, in which case your odds of getting any of them are mm, a yeah. little shady.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I came into this game with the express intent and purpose of playing... Realistically, the comedic relief. Uh, Volodymyr might be a, a jerk, but he's also kind of the comedy character. So I'm I'm just there to be be a little silly, fiddle with things, and occasionally curse and say inappropriate things.
4: Excellent. I I don't know that I've got that that Lily has plans other than try to keep the group together and keep them alive through whatever our shenanigans are going to happen because there's always going to be yeah, shenanigans. That's a,
1: that's a big plan right there. Just. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
2: With what you're against, keeping them alive is a big plan. Yes. And that's. A...
4: Yes, What? Because <laughs> I know, I know that that uh, Zeb's character is way more concerned about what we're going to be doing next than Lily is. Lily is not concerned.
3: Yeah, Lodomir is one hundred percent convinced that the Motley has volunteered to walk into a situation where they're going to get themselves killed. He is—he is terrified.
4: Yeah, no, it's like well, Lily's pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that what we're about to walk into will be fine. What that leads to, or what happens afterwards, I don't know. But I can't think that far ahead with you guys. <laughs>
0: Just let the knocker walk in front.
1: No,
4: no, no. no. He will be safely ensconced behind yeah. the troll because yeah, you, you've
3: got a troll. That's oh, the that's troll story. Right, yeah, if no. you have a troll. Yeah. I mean, if he can get away with it, he'd be hide- staying in the car. But he doesn't think anyone's going to let him pull that off.
1: Oh, haven't you seen like we any did. action movie or horror movie ever? You definitely don't want to stay behind in the car. That's where all the problems will <laughs> get. That's the thing. Truth.
3: Well, Vladimir is from Russia. It's a safe bet he hasn't seen those movies.
2: <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I dated a girl from Siberia at one point, and yeah, Vladimir would have seen that in real life. She liked to tell me about the time her dad, a math uh, teacher at a university, got in his car, drove, was driving home, stopped at a red light, and was pulled out of his car at gunpoint so they could take his car, on more than one occasion. Yeah,
3: Volodymyr's seen some stuff. It might have yes. inspired some of his inventions, which he would love to put in the troll's car if he thought he could get away with it. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, There's that challenge? The,
3: the very first episode, the troll basically went, you are allowed to be in my car on one condition, and kind of ended up with me making a contract to not fiddle with his car
4: yeah he made a contract with his car
3: yeah it's not with him i promised the car yep which is a problem
4: (laughs) (laughs) that'll never get to be broken
0: (laughs) enforced by the power of the dreaming
2: Uh, Yep. Yep. (laughs) now where the game goes will also depend on when this podcast is uh is uh, aired That's Um, true, yes. As of today, we have two more episodes in season two. And generally, you like to end a season with, you know, a a kind of a a narrative precipice, a a big bad or something interesting. And one of the things that this Motley has got going for it is... I'll get through part of a story arc and then I'll wonder what the heck I'm going to do next because, wow, they take it in interesting directions. So I'm not sure how it's going to end Season 2 or where it's going to begin Season 3, but I can tell you that there are several plot points, uh, quests and side quests, four that I can think of, that are going to come home to roost. There are potentially other things as well And one thing that I learned from storytelling years ago and I picked up from a number of really good storytellers is to have a living city as the backdrop that even though the players are focused in one area and on one project or plot point, there are things going on in the background among the other supernaturals and among the court and everything else. So potentially, as I scribble notes to myself, they can run into anything as they go along so that there, there will be hopefully you know no, no end of possible plots for them to follow and threads for them to pick at. Pick at. So I'm, I'm hoping for at least a third season. Most of the long-term games that I've seen on Twitch so far seem to last about three to four seasons and then dissipate or self-destruct or something. I'm hoping this continues because the Motley is a fluid thing that people can leave and go do other things, and we can bring in more members. There has been discussion as to, you know, wrapping this motley at some point, or the game, and doing something different with the same players in the Changeling universe, like perhaps a 1970s Toronto game, or, um, you know, something to explore other facets of it once they've gotten a a good grip on the the game mechanics and the, the lore. So, who knows? honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm a storyteller. I, like I said, I toss the plot points out and the characters grab them and do things with them. I can never predict what these players are going to do, which is one of the things I love about them. Mm. So where the game will be in six months, hopefully wrapping up a wonderful third season and looking forward to a fourth. Right
4: but I just had the mental image of like, if you took a bucket of balls and dropped it in a pit with several raccoons and watched what <laughs> happened. <laughs> Bit like what we do with with his plots.
3: Yes, I'd I'd pay money to see that. I mean, to be to be fair, just like thinking about like emerging and kind of developing background plots. voldemir has got an entire mechanical friend who. What the. F- What the hell is going on with him? What is happening? That is scaring the
2: shit out of me. Oh, I (laughs) love the pig. And that is is the nice thing about the players as well, is they have all given me enough background and enough leeway as a storyteller that it's entirely possible that over the next uh, couple of months we'll also do some kind of vignettes, one-player sort of things that we'll toss up on the Vancouver by Night Patreon for the patreon members where it'll explore some of the background and some of what has happened before some, or some of what is happening because i could get into vladimir and his golem for like two solid hours but it would be unfair to everybody else at the table in a three-hour game to spend two hours in vladimir's dealing with the golem and his cousins larry daryl and daryl
4: yes we did that on purpose
2: so, you know, so, so some of that might be coming out too. We we may I may be during the break at, after the end of season 2, uh we're going to have a discussion about a few things with the game, uh where we want it to go, what we want to do with it, and if people want to do uh, some exploration of their characters' uh backgrounds and uh, digging into some fun stuff, and if they do then, oh heck, I'm all for it. Well, I think
0: we can guarantee this podcast will probably come out after the end of season 2, but possibly before season 3 begins. So,
2: Excellent. Yeah. In that case, listeners, you can check out season one and two on the YouTube for Vancouver by Night. Uh, they are all there in nice little playlists, so you can just run through them. Check out both the motley, see what's going on, and enjoy the heck out of uh, Tales from the Rookery.
1: And we'll be sure mm-hmm. to have uh, links to that in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, once again, this is.
2: Just... So, we'll start with.
1: Well, it's great. It's great to have you guys here. <laughs> I Want to say that? Thank you. Have you all here? Great yeah. to be here. And. Yeah. Well, thank- um, yeah, so that's once again this is changeling the podcast uh, you could find us at changelingthepodcast.com We have a patreon now at patreon.com slash changeling Oh nice uh, We also you can also find us on we have a Facebook page changeling the podcast uh, Twitter changelingcast, cast and uh, we have a discord yeah link to we don't have a handy link for that but it's it's on uh, the website changelingthepodcast.com.
2: Oh, very cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Our, our game, besides finding uh, Toronto by Day Tales from the Rookery on uh, Twitch, on Vancouver by Night's channel, uh, you can also find us on the Vancouver by Night YouTube channel. Uh, we do have a Facebook called uh, Toronto by Day Tales from the Rookery. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it's not a big group. It doesn't have a lot going on yet. But if it gets bigger, things will be happening. I can be found on Instagram as the vintage GM. And uh, yeah, we've got, yeah, all of us have got other stuff that is possibly going on. We're coming down the pipes because, you know, there's always uh, stuff in the future that'll be popping up. The
0: dreaming is never ending.
2: Exactly.
4: Pretty much. Pretty much. I'll just go quick because cool. I don't actually, I do not social media. So I, I am mostly on this game, but if somebody wanted to uh, inquire or invite me to other things, that's, you know, that's cool.
3: I can be found on obviously the the game but I can also be found on Twitter at Lucari Gaming 30 k where I talk a little bit about role playing games but I mostly talk about Warhammer Horus Heresy and Adeptus Titanicus because that that's that's what I do a lot of a lot of stuff around in terms of just lore reading and rules
0: again this will all be in the show notes <laughs> yeah
1: perfect yeah so once again yeah Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, don't let your uh, motley walk into certain death. <laughs> I,
2: don't I know, if they picked it. I, avoid. <laughs> I
4: don't know. Maybe death should be scared.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank, Thank you very much.
4: <laughs> I don't know.
0: As always, a very special thanks to our producers for this episode, our boon companions for slouching down the superhighway to that third stage of Bedlam and they are Sandjigger, Seja, and Terry Robinson. If you'd like to support our show so that we can keep tossing bits of glamour into the world, please consider visiting our Patreon at www.patreon.com the podcast. Cheers, and keep on dreaming.